eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is going to be covered by the Saints for a touchdown. Each your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby. Welcome Inside Black and Gold. We're in the pre-season finale edition, getting ready for Saints-Texans to wrap things up in the Caesar Superdome. We got some news on a few Saints back at practice, which was good to see, Jeff. Yeah, we'll get into all that, you know, and 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 to be clear, this is a kind of pregame edition of week three with the Saints facing the Texans. I do not intend to spend one second talking about the Texans. So if that's what you're here for, move on. But yes, we're going to get into some returns to practice. We're also in the in the first segment, we're going to talk some news. We're going to talk some 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 mystery, some enigma, if you will, uh, from Demario Davis, because mm. I don't know, he's trying to be a KG for some reason. We're going to talk about what that might be, even though it's completely uh, guessing. And, uh, and then in the second segment and the third segment, we're going to kind of break down my last 53-man roster projection. This one's kind of cheating because... I, you know, I, like we don't, there's a few positions that you kind of got to figure out because there's some players that you might hold on to just to stash them on IR. There's a fl- few positions where I think you are still competing for rosters. So I'm going to kind of, I'm going to find hedge my bets a little bit. We'll get into that in the second and third segment. We'll do a second segment on offense, third segment on defense. But first things first, we got a guy back today that I've been waiting to see for a while since August 6th, nearly three weeks. We finally saw a number dose, dose, not CD deuce, Rashid Shahid back at practice. He's been dealing with a groin injury, same injury he was dealing with it that kept him out of minicamp. It's a little concerning. He got back 
for individual drills today, not in team drills. It's kind of the ramp up process we have seen. But regardless, that's a positive thing. You know, anytime you have someone miss an extended period of time, you start to worry that maybe they had a setback. Maybe the injury is more significant than you initially believed it to be. But, you know, the second you see them back out there getting any work in at all, like that was the case with Demario Davis last week. It's an instant sigh of relief. They're like, okay, they are still alive. We are going to continue moving forward. And uh, I think there's a lot of high expectations for Rashid Shahid in this offense this year. And uh, it's uh, just a matter of whether he can get out there. So that's a good sign. No, definitely. And at first, when you're looking at the players, I'm like, 22, wait a minute, is Mark Ingram back because of the running back depth is hurting right now? Oh, no, no, wait a minute. It is Rashid Shahid. And I know he was out in those joint practice sessions out in California. At least you saw him in street clothes on the sideline kind of thing, which to me is also was a positive leading up to the fact that you knew things were close for him, or at least it appeared to be close. Yeah, he, I, I had to take it do a double take. I mean, like, who is that guy? Oh, yeah, that's right. It's oh, Rashid. yeah, it's right. The guy who we talked about <laughs> nonstop for the first, like, month of, or week of camp and then haven't really talked about since. A guy we did not see, and we'll get into more of that later, is the same the guy who went out with a groin injury on the exact same day is Rashid Shahid, who appears to be, I don't know, is he alive? We have not seen him. He was one of the only players, like, uh, even Rashid, he didn't practice, but he was out in L.A., Maybe because he wanted to go visit home. He's from San Diego. I don't know. Trey's from Florida. Maybe he took the excuse to go the opposite direction. I don't know, but we have not seen him. The other guys we didn't see at practice today, Taysom Hill, Kirk Merritt, Daryl Williams, Ryan Connolly, Landon Young, Calvin Throckmorton, Lynn Bowden Jr., and uh, yeah, Taysom's dealing with that oblique injury. We don't expect him to be out for a while. Ryan Connolly We do expect him to be out for a while. That was one that I think has cropped up since we last recorded. He's a guy who I, you know, I was considering putting him on my roster projection, and I still might because I think he might be one of those guys that has a better chance of making the roster now because you want to stash him on IR. So maybe you find a way to sneak him on there just so you can do it because that is the trick. If you can put anyone on IR you want, during the regular season, and they can come back after four weeks, but they have to be on your active roster. They have to get through cuts, and then you can do that. So guys like Landon Young, Ryan Connolly, who are not done for the year, but are going to be out for a while, that's going to be interesting. So those were guys who were out there. But the, the, the player we got back the last couple of days who was still kind of working his way in, Marshawn Lattimore, dealt with that knee injury out in L.A. DA said today he doesn't think it's anything structural, but they're having they're putting him on medication. I think he's dealing with some inflammation would be my guess. Right. And uh, he's getting some work in. He's only doing individual drills. He's skipping teamwork and seven on seven, stuff like that. But again, it's like if they're out there at practice, that means that it is not anything super concerning. And for guys like Demario Davis, Marshawn Lattimore, I think your season's going to go how they go because those are big pieces of your defense. No, and I wouldn't expect to see a Marshawn in the finale and uh, De- even Dennis Allen saying the Mario Davis, there's no reason you know he needs to work at all. We know what he's he's capable of, obviously. Dennis Allen said today he's not playing in the in the preseason finale. So right, yeah, don't don't expect to see him. Although he has gotten a full workload each of the last two days of practice. So you know, I, I think that's a good sign. At, for DeMario, it might not be a great sign for Jalen Smith because uh, I think he's here because of that injury, because of the questions surrounding that injury. But, you know, <laughs> oh, one other thing I want to mention, uh, Steve Sidwell, the kind of architect to the defensive coordinator for the Saints during the Dome Patrol years, he died at 78. Uh, best Way wishes to his family. 
That's uh, you know, like I think we talk about the Dome Patrol all the time, but we never talk about Steve Sidwell, right? Like we talk about Vic Fangio, we talk about all this, um, but he's, uh, you know, he's a guy that not I don't know a lot, a lot of Saints fans will remember that name, but you know, you remember those defenses, and he was a huge part of that. Yeah, when you hear Dome Patrol, obviously Saints fans uh, remember those good old days, and you know, we we dream of uh, having a linebacking core like that. But uh, I think all four of those players, uh, uh, obviously in the Saints Hall of Fame, along with Steve Sidwell. Uh, so yeah, RIP to him, and best wishes to his family as well. Uh, sad, sad who that news on the day. Yeah, but all right, moving forward, somebody's getting talked about a lot. You know, whether positively or negatively, we were talking about before we came on, you know, there's been a little, I don't want to say tension, but a little back and forth in the media in terms of, hmm, is what what is the deal with Mike Thomas, right? You, Jeff Duncan put out a column out in L when we were out in L.A. talking about how, you know, he, he's kind of been wishy-washy and he hasn't quite been where you would have hoped to see and blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, I don't think it was a hit piece so per se, but it did kind of paint a very particular picture about a guy who I think anyone would be, would admit has been working back, has been progressing. He's not where you would hope he will be by the time the season starts, but he's, you know, gradually moving along. Right. And then, you know, I I think, I, I know Nick Underhill has kind of taken the, the position of, no, I think he has looked fine. I think he's getting better and better and better. Well, today, he, he you know, Mike probably had one of his better days of practice. I think that it's a, it's a bit of an oversell to say he was fantastic. I mean, he did what he's done. I, I, don't, I didn't see anything from Mike Thomas today that kind of blew me away. But to me, personally, when it comes to Mike Thomas, I think reality is somewhere in the middle. I don't think he I'm not as down on Mike Thomas as Jeff seems to be. And I'm not as high on Mike Thomas as Nick seems to be, because I think that's what you're going to get somewhere in the middle. He's not going to be perfect. He's not going to be blowing the top off defenses, but he is going to be valuable and he is going to put up numbers. And, you know, I think we just need to be realistic. I think that's my thing is just just be realistic about your expectations for the guy. And I think that's where the team is. Well, that's definitely like one of the first things, you know, we have our little pre-pod chat and I asked you right off the bat, I, I was wondering, I was like, did I miss something? Was Michael Thomas extraordinary at practice? Because I must have missed it. To me, it was just a, another day for Mike. And I'm not saying that it was anything great or anything terrible either. It was just a, a, an average day. I mean, he caught, what, nine of 10 passes, I think, that were thrown his way? Was it nine of 10? I think that's what he ended up with. Only and the one was a low pass that looked like it was, you know, thrown in the dirt kind of thing. No, he had a good day. I mean, he he did have a good day. But like, if you didn't know any better and you just went based on the reaction, you would think he was just blowing the top off of everybody. Could yeah. not be covered. One handed I mean, grabs, diving into the end zone, or I, I yeah. don't know. He looked like I need him to look, which is consistent. He's gonna. He's going to battle for balls in the middle of the field. He's going to feast on slants. And right. like, like, I get it. You know, that, that is what it is. But this is what D.A. had to say when he was asked about uh, Mike Thomas at practice today. Yeah, look, I thought overall, I mean, I thought I thought Mike looked good. And I think Mike's looked better and better every time he's come out here. And so, um, you know, I think he's probably getting more comfortable with where he's at. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, I think we kind of knew that at some point we'd start seeing um, 
what we kind of expect out of him. And, um, and I think we're seeing that more and more every day he's out here. So it's been good. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I mean, I think you are starting to see a more representative Mike Thomas of what you can hope to see in the season. It hasn't always been perfect. I think he is kind of working through some stuff. You know, there's been a lot more drops throughout camp this year than than I'd like to see from him. But I, I think he's a guy that locks in when the games go on. And I, I, I'm not worried about Mike because I have my expectations where I think is reasonable. And I and I fully expect him to to be there, right? Like to me, 70, 70 catches, 800 yards, four to five touchdowns. That is what I want to see out of Mike Thomas, right? That like we can we can be unreal, unrealistic as, as all we want, but that would be a hugely successful season for Mike after what's gone on the last three years is play four, play 12 to 14 games, catch 70 passes, right? Be a be a piece of the offense that is contributing to winning as opposed to a piece of the offense that we talk about as in terms of man, if only it were there. Yeah, um, one of the things I keep saying, I'm sure you know, you feel the same way too. It's like I just want to see Mike be able to last double-digit games, uh, yeah. hopefully the entire season, kind of thing. It's been way too long. Um, I agree on those numbers. I, I, you know, an 80 catch season, five touchdowns, six touchdowns would be a huge success, considering the guys only played what in 10 games the past two and a half years. Right. Like Mike could be looking fantastic right now. It doesn't really matter if he's not on the field week six. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't I don't care how good he looks weeks one, two and three. How does he look in week 10? And so that's that's more what I'm more worried about. But I think you are seeing more consistency out of him. And that's what people are reacting to. And I think there is an overcorrection going on in the from a media perspective right now of, you know, like because I. I disagreed with what what Jeff wrote um, in the sense that like he was like, oh, he's getting locked up by his safeties. Well, not really. And also that safety is Derwin James, who's probably one of the best safeties in the league, if not the best safety in the league. So, you know, maybe maybe he's not going to win every rep against Derwin James. That's okay. But again, I I just think reality is in the middle and everyone's trying to overcorrect one way or the other. And it's just, you know, the reality is that he is a piece of the offense, not the focal point of the offense anymore. Yeah, and we've mentioned this, obviously, as well. The number one dude now is clearly Chris Olave. Yeah, um, no question. You know, Mike, the biggest thing is, can his, can that ego of his accept that secondary kind of role at the receiver, being not being can't guard Mike anymore to that extent of how dominant he used to be? But, yeah, I think he can be, you know, hugely effective at it. It's tough to talk about him and and like have that middle ground, I guess, because it's either oh you're bashing the guy or or, or you're overhyping him. There doesn't seem to be that middle ground. Uh, yeah, I mean, to 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 some extent, I don't want him to accept that role. I want him to feel like he's still no, and he will know that the way can't he guard works. Mike as long as as long as it's not toxic, as long as he's not causing problems like you know there's a reason you had to trade Brandon Cooks right because he could not accept taking a backseat to Mike Thomas now 
You know, if, if, if can Mike Thomas kind of accept that while also feeling like, no, I can still do the things that I need to do, right? Like, I want him to feel confident while also being productive and cohesive with a group. I don't think, you know, we talked to him about being a leader, and I think that's what that is. It's not necessarily be having to be the guy on every play, but but being available to have a chance. We're kind of shifting gears here. Speaking of a guy who is is the guy, you know, we talked to DeMario today for the first time since that Catholic injury he seems like he's doing great it seems like he's in a good headspace but what he he's being kind of cagey about you know i asked him if there's a mantra in the in the linebacker room or in the defensive meeting room this year and kind of like you know the juice boys right like that was always a thing and he said there is but he wouldn't tell me what it was <laughs> and that kind of like fell along the lines of what he was talking about here's here's an example um of that I just feel like you, if you if you believe in the Saints and you, and, and you're a fan of the Saints or, or or you who that nation, you should be excited right now. That's all I say. You should be excited. But he wouldn't tell us why. That's that's I don't get it. <laughs> why won't you tell what, what I? So I think what he's getting at there is is I think this group feels like it can be a top defense and it can and with Derek Carr and with an offense that is has a higher floor. I think. Uh, and a higher ceiling, you know, you could, you could be excited about it. I'm excited about it. I think the more, the closer we get to the games, you know, we saw how that first team offense looked against the chiefs. You know, I think that there is a lot to like about this group. I think it's very well-rounded. And if there's comp, like one of the things that drove me nuts the last last year specifically was you never got complimentary football. Either you got a solid offensive performance and and the defense let you down in, in, in their defense, in the defense of the defense, they did not have Marshawn for a majority of that. And that definitely doesn't help. Or you got really good defense. Like you did the last eight games of the year and the offense just kind of got stuck in the mud and you could only win games. It's kind of stuck in neutral, right? Like that Eagles game where the only reason you won it was because Marshawn made a play at the end of the game, right? Like, Against the Bucks, you know, you should have been able to put up way more than 16 points and you lost it because of that. The defense didn't lose you that game. The offense failing to build on that lead despite multiple opportunities to do so, even with field goals, even with just just points, put points on the board. You couldn't do that. And so I think that's probably, you know, I, I think just the the balanced reality of this offense. You have a run game. You have an offensive line that you should have faith in with a lot of top picks. You have a very good cornerback group, which is something that every every team in the NFL would love to be able to say. You have a really intriguing young group of pass rushers, right? The linebacker room, as long as Pete Werner and DeMario are healthy, is among the best in the NFL. Now, if you talk about depth, that's another question. But with those two guys, I love it. You know, you have your slot corner is Bradley Roby, a guy who could start yeah. on the outside for half the NFL probably. You know, there's a lot to like on this team. And I think that's what he's getting at. But for now, it's undisclosed for whatever for whatever reason that is. I guess maybe they don't want to, you know, Demario doesn't want to hype things up before going into this year. Like we've seen in the past with the Juice Boys, and then it was like, you know, for the rest of the season, if the defense ever struggled, we're like, oh, there wasn't any juice in there, you know, kind of thing. So maybe I get the underselling things right now and like kind of teasing everybody with stay tuned and watch what we do kind of deal. But uh, yeah, the only real concern I have with the team going into the year, honestly, is up front on the offensive line. But that is a pretty big one. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I have my concerns about Trevor Penning 
You know, and and well, I did get a chance to talk to Doug Marone. I'm going to save that interview and play it on the podcast next week. You know, after we get this final preseason game under his belt, because I think you know that that's when we'll start to have to see, like, okay, can he hold up? You know, and I expect him to get another decent amount of reps this weekend, and and that's after after that, I'm going to go through and kind of watch the film of each game and get, make a determination. But one of the things that you know. Doug and DA and everyone have made clear about Trevor specifically is, you know, you'll see him make mistakes. He's a young player. He has is he's go, he's only started one game in his career at left tackle. He's not going to be perfect every rep. He's going to make mistakes. But the important thing is you understand what the mistakes are and you don't make them over and over and over again. And I, I think if you go back and, you know, every, everyone's going to remember that one play where he kind of got beat inside and and Kendra Miller got lit up and it's like, yeah, that's that's not what you want to see. But the rest of the game, I feel like he did pretty well. And, and it's like you can't overreact to one bad play by a young player. You have to tell him what he did wrong, and he has to learn from that and not do it again. And I think that is where, with Trevor, you're starting to see that progress, where you know hopefully by midseason, those mistakes are gone. You're going to have to bake in some grace for some of those screw-ups. You just have to. And that's always gonna was always gonna be the case, whether he started last year, whether he started this year. You have to learn on the job to some extent at left tackle, and that's what I think you're gonna see. But beyond him, I think I feel pretty good about it, right? Like James Hurst at left guard is not perfect, but I do think there's a floor there that is pretty that is reasonably high, and uh, you know you can you can <laughs> help to the left of the side of the line, right? You put a tight end over there, you put you send the running back to that side, and you go with it because I feel really good about Ramchek. I feel as good as I could about Ruiz, you know, I, I think he's going to continue to take a step forward. And I think Eric McCoy is one of the best centers in football. So yeah, I, I think as long as you have health in that group, I'm okay with it. That's definitely the key for sure. Health. And I mean, you were out West with those joint practices. I don't think there was anything ever with penning where it was, you know, too high of highs or too low of lows. It was kind of like he won some, he lost some and you expect that totally. Yeah, and I mean going against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, right? Like you're not going to win every rep. I thought I thought he held up pretty well. I think again, you're talking about a guy who has started one game in his career at left tackle. If you're expecting him to be perfect every step of the way, you're going to come away disappointed. Right? But you he needs to be consistent and he needs to continue to progress and uh, and I think that's kind of what you're seeing. Um, the penalties are a different story. And, you know, we saw a couple pre-snap penalties yesterday. They were dealing with really obnoxious noise in the building, and that was by design. Um, and and, and uh, it sounds like they're going to keep doing that. I imagine we'll get some noise at the Dome practice on Friday morning uh, in India. So that's that's kind of all I have on that. And uh, if unless there's something you else you want to hit, uh, we can probably move on. No, definitely uh, looking to close out the preseason for sure and get into the real deal. It's going to be weird having that you know week long break leading up to the regular season. I'm looking forward to it. It's my favorite. My <laughs> a little favorite bit of downtime, right? <laughs> Coming out of town. Oh, uh, Dennis, yeah, Dennis I, Allen I, did say mention about getting down to those roster cuts. What was it? Tuesday? Yes, the 29th. Yeah, I did say I did. I have tried to weasel out of Dennis Allen what his plans are for the starters. He will not budge. Right. <laughs> so we'll have to wait and see. I expect you'll see a good amount of the starters and uh, it'll go from there. The question to me is Derek Carr. Does Derek Carr play? I think you're going to see a lot of the defensive starters. 
You know, you probably won't see a guy like Cam or Marshawn or Demario. But other than that, like I expect you'll see a Carl. I expect you'll see the the starting interior linemen. I expect you'll see a Debo and Lattimore. I expect you will see probably not probably Tyron. not Tyron, but right. maybe Marcus May and the Jordan Howden. And I, I expect you you won't see Camara because you want to get as many reps as you can for guys like Kendra Miller and. Uh, and Jamal Williams, but you yeah. met, you mentioned Marcus may was uh, he on our news docket the last time, or was that afterwards? Oh, you know, I guess we could hit that before we go. So Marcus may, yeah, yeah he he's been sentenced officially in his DUI case. That's going back to 2021. It's been extended forever. He's got six months of probation, 50 hours community service. I, I think he has the option to, to buy that out, which by the like, so stupid i've never heard of that <laughs> i was like wait a minute what <laughs> yeah like, like he, i guess he has the option to to pay it off so it's like you can either pay a fine or do community service kind of defeats the purpose if you allow mm. someone to just pay yeah i was wondering i'll just a, a millionaire i'll just go okay here what how much you exactly. want exactly exactly it's such so so lame it's like just if, if you want the money just say i'll oh, give us the money like he's gonna do something in the community for 50 hours and it, it, it's but but yeah, obviously now the biggie is we're just waiting for the NFL to make some kind of ruling here. If they make one, yeah. I would yeah. imagine so, though. And I think we've seen in the past, what is it, one to three games you can expect for a DUI? Yeah, that's been kind of the standard. Uh, I don't think he has had any Previous, prior incidents, right. as far as I can remember. Maybe I'm wrong. But in those cases, typically you'd be talking one to three. Um, I think Willie Sneed got three. Okay. When, when he got yeah. it and he pleaded and he and he appealed it down to two, I think PJ Williams might have got two. Deontay got two, so I, I think I'd guess two. There's so many. There's too many. Yeah, too many. Yesterday, the, the Cajun Cannon's hoping that at least Marcus May could serve his after Camara could did, and I was like, I don't think that's how that works, though. Well, I mean, they got two weeks to figure it out. I don't, I, think I, don't think N- can- I don't think the NFL will be like, well, since you've got Camara suspended the first three games, we'll do four or five. For Marcus May, I, I think they'll have to serve, you know, starting week one. Yeah, I don't think they take requests. <laughs> right. Deep cuts only on suspensions. But all right, let's wrap that segment up. We're going to come back and we're going to start going through uh, my final 53-man roster projection. It's it's not really final. I'll probably update it and post something on Monday after the game. Kind of get so I can at least have stuff on record saying this is what I think. Whereas this one is a little a little cagey, but we won't have time to do a podcast on that. So this is the final podcast version of my 53-man roster projection, and we're going to live with it. But all right, this is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Gell. If you haven't subscribed yet, do that. We like it. We like hearing from you guys. So hit us up at on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak or at Steve Geller WWL or at the show on at Saints Pod. If you haven't subscribed yet, do that. I already said that. I'm saying it again. Subscribe, rate, they, review. They subscribe. They know the drill. I Hopefully. hope so. <laughs> Stick around. <laughs>